So I always felt like metal fans sometimes are so narrow-minded in their views. Like if you're a power metal guy, you only listen to power metal. If you're a black metal guy, you only and if and if somebody listens to that, but then they go outside the box, suddenly they're a poser or or whatever label you want to throw on them. Welcome to another episode from Takedowns to Breakdowns. Today we're here to celebrate 30 years of the Black Album. 30 years. 30 years. And this is not something that I was that was purchased last week on Amazon. This was bought 30 years ago when the album came out. I was a teenager. I went to the store. I bought it. And you guys, you guys probably can't see it, but it's really scuffed. It's really, really scuffed. And um, see? Like, that's how it looks like on the inside. And when you take off the sleeve, it's all like... Uh, it's it's been worn out. Let's yeah. just put it this way: it's been worn out. It has the lyrics, has the faces. Teenage you back in Portugal was uh, was always looking through the lyrics. Oh yeah! Every time I listened to this album, I would put out the, pull out the little booklet and I was go through the lyrics, listen, you know, read the lyrics, singing along using a, a a comb. Back then, I had hair. Using a comb as a microphone, and I would pretend that I was James Hetfield, and I would yeah, and do my uh, my best possible imitation in my room. I had an acoustic guitars with no strings. Oh. And I would pretend that I was just like fucking rocking it all the time. Man, I'm glad there was no internet back then because those videos would have been absolute cringe. But, but at least we all know your imagination was... Oh, it was, uh, it was running rampant. Yeah. Running rampant. So anyways, 30 years of this album, Metallica is celebrating and I wanted to talk a little bit about this on one of these episodes and what better episode to talk about it. But an episode that comes around the same time as a celebration of the 30 years of this release. Uh, qu quick question for you. Do you have a favorite song on this album? Uh, a favorite song from that, Don't Tread On Me. Is that one of your favorite songs? That's one of my favorites. For me, I have to go, it's not my favorite song. My favorite song is Wherever I May Roam, but I have to go with Enter Sandman because that was the first ever Metallica song that I ever heard. I think Wherever I May Roam was one of the first songs I ever listened to from Metallica. For me, it was Enter Sandman. I saw the video. I was like, fuck, who are these guys? Like, at the time, I was listening to Guns N' Roses and whatever. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't too familiar with Metallica. So I discovered Metallica through this album, and then I was able to go back and listen to Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning, Kill Em All, uh, and Justice for All. But I remember specifically watching the video for Enter Sandman and being completely blown away by the video and the song. And that's what drove me to buy this album. And then my love affair for Metallica started on from that point on. So... Uh, because of that, I feel like Enter Sandman has to have, like, uh, it ranks really high on my list of Metallica songs. But from this record, Wherever I May Roam, that song is epic. It's just an epic track yeah. all around. Now, this album, in my opinion, tell me if you feel differently, it's one of the greatest metal albums of all time. Maybe not in terms of the production, maybe not in terms of the content, but what signifies, not just for Metallica, but for metal in general, because I think there's a lot of bands that came after this record that this album influenced them to yeah, pick up a guitar. It inspired and them. Yeah, and to become a band. So because of that, I feel like this is one of the all-time great albums. Because of what albums it created after coming out. And what it did for Metallica. I mean, Metallica was... They were, they were not unknown, but they were not like a household name up until this record. This record really changed their lives for them. I think they went on tour for this album for like something like... I don't know, four years, like touring all over the world, played some places like multiple times because they would play a place and then they would sell, I don't know how many more thousand copies of the album. And it's like, oh, now we have we new have fans. To go back. We have to go back and play there again. So this is an album that changed metal. It changed Metallica. It changed how, how we perceived 
what is a successful band? Because I think, I don't think, I know, there's no band out there in the metal world more successful than Metallica, like it or not. Yeah. So now comes the next point. Since this album, they've done so many different things. They, 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 they've gone down so many different directions. All of it because of the success that this album gave them. It really allowed them to just not be your traditional metal band and try all other things. It allowed so, them to open up to more people. Yeah, but with that comes a little bit of negativity from fans because fans always have this thing that, oh, it's my band, it's my, it's like the, the band that I know, it's it's like our niche band that we love and whatever. And then when they go outside of that, of those boundaries and other people start they to listen to them, that's normally what comes with it. Yeah. They're a sellout, you know? And so a lot of people point towards this record as a breaking point. There's the Metallica before the Black Album, and then there's the Metallica after the Black Album. So the question that I have for you as a young metal fan is, do you see them as a sellout after this record? I don't, I don't think so. I don't really see them as a sellout uh, after that record. Um, I don't know why people throw that uh, out. Uh, throw that away, like that term know, around. That term term around just because a band switches up to, you know, get a, a wider audience and stuff. Because at the end of the day, the band, the, as much as they love playing their music, th this is their life. You know, they need to. It's a business. It's a business too. So I think of it like that. Like if they're changing it up to help them reach a wider audience, it's because they're trying to find a way to love the music and to also be able to live. Off of that, off of that music. Uh, I I'm not too far away from where you are, but I have a different take on it. I I, I feel like every band releases an album with the hopes that the album is going to be as successful as possible. Yeah. So if you look at modern bands now, everybody would wish that they would have a black album, quote unquote. You yeah. know what I mean? Everybody wants to have that black album, the album that allows them to break out into the, more of the mainstream. I don't see it as a sellout. I see them as a band that with the success that they achieved with this record, it put them at a platform so high that they're no longer worried about what other next album is going to do or how well are they going to be perceived. Because they've already hit Yeah, we, we've reached a point, uh, we, when I mean we, I mean Metallica feels perhaps that they reached a point in their career where the success level was so high that now perhaps we can start doing some things that we've always wanted to do but we didn't have the ability to do them because of where we were in our popularity. And, and I think it's unfair to call a band a sellout because at the end of the day, no band is creating music to sell it to one person. You want to reach as many people as possible. Yeah. And if people like your music, people buy your music, it, it just shows the success and what you can do with the music that you've created. I, I think this idea of a sellout, it's really negative and, it's, it, and it doesn't really do much for the metal community in general. Yeah. So what do you want? Your bands to just be known by you and five friends? Yeah. Yeah. You you want your bands to do well. You want to you want to make sure that the people you're listening to who create really really good music to you, you know, they're they're able to spread their wings, get a wider audience and, uh, and be I, successful. And I think it's normal if you reach a certain level of success with the music that you've created. It's only it, natural you, that you, you feel like yeah, that you don't feel like there's these boundaries or these uh, th these chains holding you down. This formula. This formula that we have to stick to this formula. So if we want to do a, an album of all covers, or if you want to do an album instrumental, or if we want to do an album with Lou Reed, whatever the case might be. We just, we can do it. You can do it because now you've hit that success point. Yeah, we're, we're, we have freedom, uh, creative freedom. So I think this album, what it did for Metallica, it gave them creative freedom. That's how I look at it. 
Now, you have an option to say, I don't like the Metallica after, after the Black it. album or after Load or Reload. Whatever, whatever album you feel like that's your threshold, right? You, you could totally say that. I mean, you're, you're, it's, it's in your right to say that. But I don't think you're looking at the big picture. Because I think if you're in a band today, starting off in a garage somewhere, playing, at the end of the day, you want to be Metallica. You want to have the success that they do. You want to play in a stadium in front of thousands, millions of people. Like they do. Right? You want to earn the money that they've had so that you can create your art without feeling like you owe something to a label or, or, or to whoever. You want to achieve that freedom of creativity that perhaps is not there at the beginning because there's other, there's other conditions being put on you that are really restraining you what you can do with your music. So I honestly don't see that as... Um, as the right approach uh, from a fan base. You can always... Listen, everybody can say, I like this album more than I like that album. I don't like yeah. anything that they did after the... I like the, this period of the band before this... A hundred percent. I could totally say that some of the stuff they did after the Black Album, I'm not a huge fan. Everything that they did after before the Black Album, I absolutely love. It's uh, There's nothing wrong with that. But to call a band sellout... Um, I'm not. I'm, I'm not really keen on on doing that to any band whatsoever, regardless of Metallica or anybody else. I think that with success comes a certain level of freedom, and with that level of freedom comes the creativity for you to do things and, and, and go outside the box. Like now, they've released the Blacklist, which is the anniversary edition of the Black Album, where they invited other artists to perform songs from this record. Some with them, and some just like the artists themselves. Yeah. And they got a lot of lip because of some of the artists, like you know Miley Cyrus doing nothing else matter. But I have no issues with that. Yeah, I thought it was actually really cool to see no all these different that. versions of the, of the the songs that everyone loves. I, I think it, it's really really cool. I, I think it just goes to show the impact that Metallica with this record, the the impact that they've had on so many different artists outside of metal. Yeah, they've influenced people from country to hip hop, to metal to rock to classic to jazz. They, they just had such a, a wide range of an impact as artists that they should be accommodated for that and not be put down for what they've done. And if you're an artist, you want to collaborate with other artists. And sometimes I feel like in, in the metal world, there's this thing that you can collaborate, but only with people from that are on the same boat as you, right? So if you're a metalcore artist, you collaborate with other metalcore artists, but you don't bring a, a black metal guy for a collaboration and vice versa. I don't know. Like, can you imagine a black metal band having a guy from a metalcore band for a collab? I, I can't see that happening. Hey, but I think it would be really cool. I think it would be cool, but I think there's the fear of how the fan base is going to perceive it, right? But Metallica is at a point where... They don't give two shits. They don't give two shits. They're, They're going to do what they like. They're going to do what they like, and you either come aboard on it or you don't. So I, I applaud them for that. I mean, I think it's great. Uh, once again, if you don't like the songs... You don't like the songs. I'm not a fan of Miley Cyrus, but the cover—I I call it a cover—but the cover of "Nothing Else Matters" is pretty cool. I, and I don't—and and I'm not afraid of saying that because I always had a very eclectic taste myself growing up, and I always got shitting on for that. Like, how can you listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers and Cannibal Corpse? Yeah, I can listen to two things. One doesn't stop me from, from appreciating the, the other. other. Yeah. So I always felt like metal fans sometimes are so narrow-minded in their views. Like, if you're a power metal guy. You only listen to power metal. If you're a black metal guy, you only and if and if somebody listens to that, but then they go outside the box, suddenly they're a poser or or whatever label you want to throw on them. And I, I find it funny because then when it comes to the times of the award shows and the metal bands are not nominated, they're like, oh fuck, 
you know, the mainstream media, they don't give a shit about metal. Look, they didn't nominate it, you know, XYZ band. They had an amazing album. Okay, so do you want your cake or do you want to eat it too? Yeah. If they're nominated and they win an Emmy or a Grammy or whatever the hell is the award that you win for music, I think it's a Grammy. So if, you, if you're nominated and win a, an award uh, and then you sell a million records, suddenly you're a sellout. Yeah. But if you don't get nominated, the mainstream media doesn't pay attention to you. I don't think you can have it both ways. I think you have to decide what do you want from your artists. And I always felt like you're, uh, an artist is just a human... They're, they're, it's a, like a band is a collection of human beings and they are growing as they're creating their art and as they're creating their music, as you are growing as the listener and the fan. And I feel like as a listener, I always want the bands I listen to that I, that I love, I always want them to do good. I to be want as them successful as possible. As successful as possible, yeah. And now, if they start doing music that I don't like, I stop buying it. Exactly. But I'll still listen to the older stuff. But I still... And nothing is stopping you from listening to the and older stuff. And appreciating the older stuff, yeah. If you wake up... And you find out that Metallica released Hardwired to Self-Destruct and you listen to it and you're like, ah, this is absolute garbage. Guess what? You can still put this CD on or Master of Puppets or Ride the Light, whatever it is that you like, and listen to that too. The band doesn't really owe you. I don't feel like the band owes me anything. There was a transaction that was made the day that I bought that CD. I paid money, I got the CD. Beyond that, there's nothing being owed to me. I can, I can jump off of being a fan of the band at any point in time if I don't like the direction that the band is going. But they don't owe it to me to keep themselves on that same direction that they started on from the beginning just because that's what my expectations of the band are. I supported them at a period of time where I like their music. I currently don't like their music. Therefore, I don't support them anymore. I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't support Metallica. That's not what I'm saying. But in general, in general, because In Flames is the same, is another band that yeah. suffers from the same... They've, they've gone through periods of uh, of their of their music career, and people don't like their certain uh, certain periods of music, and that's just how it is. I also don't have an issue with bands like Slayer, who've been the same band, the same sound from the day one to day, you know, because they're consistent. Ten thousand, or, or you know, I don't I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue with either one. I just don't think that fans. Uh, should should feel like the band owes them something and it's obligated them uh, and because they bought four CDs from their first uh, four albums they feel like the fifth album should fall in line with the previous four because I've been here buying your t-shirts buying your CD no there was a transaction that was made at the end of the day it's a business they have to pay bills and Metallica can definitely pay the bills definitely uh, and I don't think anything is owed I think we have to look to to music the more we look as fans to music not as just art, but as a business, because it is a business. It is a cutthroat business. The more you look at it from a business perspective, the better it is for the bands and the better it is for the whole ecosystem. We need to take a little bit of the heart out of the equation. Don't think with your heart. Think with your brain. Or don't just think about yourself. Think about the band. Like that, That's something you should think about. You know, you're only thinking about what you want from the band, not what the band needs from the music and from the people. Yeah, it's... it's but I... I understand a little bit of that because you discover a band, you go to a show, for example, and there's like 20 people at the show, you discover this band, you fall in love with them, they have a specific sound, you listen to them, and then five albums down the road, they go in a different direction and become a little bit more popular, and then they're, they're no longer that band. That, so there's almost a sense of, 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 of a relationship that's ending, like the band is breaking up with you. I, I, I understand a little bit of that. But to be honest with you, I don't really... There's not a single band out there that I feel that committed to the band 
that I ever felt like they broke up with me. Yeah, I've always approached every single band, like music is a business. I enjoy what you're giving me today, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna enjoy what you're gonna give me tomorrow. But also it's cause I don't, I don't like to compare um, their, their newer stuff to their older stuff. It, like the Inflames um, example. Uh, example. Some of the, their newer stuff, I can appreciate their newer stuff for what it is and I like their newer stuff, but I'm not gonna compare it to the stuff they did in the past because I also can appreciate that and love that for what it is. So, for for me, when a band takes that big switch, sometimes I if I go into that new album uh, thinking it's going to be like the older ones, I won't like it as much. But if I listen to it again and appreciate for what it is, I end up liking it more. I think you have to take every album for what they are. Yeah, and you not can't compare it to everything before. They were created in different mindsets with different ears, different things driving them. There's a lot of different things. Uh, one more thing to go on the Metallica thing before we go. Do you think some of that sellout stuff also comes because of the whole Napster thing? Because when they when they sued Napster for the illegal downloading, people were illegal downloading their music. I feel like that was when the biggest rift between them and the fan base really started. I was wondering who the fuck was Napster, and then you, yeah. Well, you weren't even alive. I wasn't alive even alive when, yeah. when this happened, but. Uh, people were downloading their music illegally and, and well, not just their music, everybody's Everyone's music. music, yeah. And they sued Napster and I felt that at that time a lot of the fans came out and like, oh, don't you guys have enough money? Like, you have to go after Napster like because we're, dude, you guys are stealing their music. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how much money you have or how much, that would be like saying like you have three cars, so therefore it's okay for somebody to steal one of your cars or the tires or the tires in one of your yeah. cars. Because you know, you have three cars, you can definitely afford to buy another one or afford the tire. It's their stuff and people were, were stealing it. Let, let's, let's, that's, that's what this was is happening. what it was happening, right? It, that was what was happening. Maybe they didn't approach it properly and because they were the face, they were not the only band that sued, but they were the face were one of, the of the music industry that was suing. Yeah. Because I think they were one of the bands that was the most affected by it perhaps. I think that brought a lot of negativity Obviously, towards Metallica. Obviously, the more popular you are, the more affected you're going to be by illegal downloads. Exactly. And, and, and that was a time in, in history where that was a new thing. MP3s, downloading. There was no iTunes at the time. So that kind of sparked a movement of music moving electronically. And, I, and, and I, because that was something so new, so different... A lot of bands, a lot of labels, they didn't know how to handle this situation. I think if you ask them now, if they could go back in time, would have done things differently. I think they would have done things slightly different. I don't think they would have gone the way that they did. Not that they alienated a huge fan base, but they did piss off some of their fans. But if you're a fan of the band, you should want them to, to, to be successful and earn money from their art, yeah. not really stealing it. You should so, also look at it from the point of view of the band. You're just stealing their stuff. At yeah. that point, you're just stealing their music. You may be supporting them, but you at the same time you're you're stealing their stuff. You're stealing their music. So, and, and it's funny that they've gone almost full circle because when they released Hardwired to Self Destruct, if you bought a ticket when they went on tour for the support of that album, if you bought a ticket to go see them, you got the album for free. So, but either uh, way, you still bought something. Well, you bought the ticket to go still, see them. There was still a there transaction. There was still a transaction, but they give you the album for free. Well, said it's free, but. I paid $250 a ticket, so I think in, in those $250, they got paid for that album. Yeah, uh, nothing that, is free. That $10 album yeah, was, yeah, nothing, was overpaid for. Yeah, nothing is free. Anyways, Metallica, the Black Album. By the way, they never named it Black Album. It was just Metallica. Yeah. It's just that fans start calling it the Black Album because there was no name. It was not even self-titled. It's just Metallica. So uh, the Black Album, 30 years old. 
This one was bought 30 years ago. Uh, let us know your stories on Metallica, how you feel, sellouts or not. Uh, in my opinion, our opinion, no. no. I don't see it that way. But let us know your thoughts in the comment section, and we'll see you guys at the next video.